friends, family, and followers. My name is Angela. My name is Pam. And my name is Edwin. Yeah. <laughs> and you're listening to episode 59 of Dungeons, Dinings, and Dorks. Well, you thought I was going to do something cool. No, I, I thought dorks. you were. I thought you were going to be a dork again. <laughs> I was going to be a dork. Again. You were going to be a dork again, but you changed your mind. I didn't know what I was going to do. Eh. <laughs> <laughs> Neither do we. We don't know what you what you do, Edwin. <sighs> Edwin's just having fun. Well, I'm kind of happy because I just had. What did I just have? Chiffon ube. Yeah. Cake. Did you go to the We went, we went, we went. Yay, I'm so proud of you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it, it was it was so packed. good. It, it, oh, yeah, it was they, packed. I was like I, crazy packed. I, I was a little nervous, but you know, had my face mask on and as soon as we had our food we were out of there. So but <laughs> for the listeners who don't know what we're talking about, we Angela and I went to a carinderia, which is a Filipino like Gathering. Gathering, but... It kind takes, of a lunch counter it's a, situation. Yeah, it's yeah. like a lunch counter. Kind of, like, Carinderias exist in the Philippines. They're like street side, side street cafes. You know, open cafes. And they were sort of doing somewhat like it. Like in a very United States, Minnesota way. Over at the Philippine Center. And they had food vendors there. And it was packed. And they were holding church in the basement, apparently. <laughs> oh. The whole time. So... <laughs> It was a. Uh, it was kind of an interesting deal. There was a lot of people there. We like pretty much went in, got the food, and went out. And it, did it here, and I'm happy because I have chiffon ube and mango. And there was some adobo <laughs> and what's what was what was that adobo uh, and some lechon, baboy, yeah. <laughs> and some. Um, and we've we've got uh, some uh, shish kebabs. Ooh, they had shish kebabs. Yeah, they, they, they had this time. Yeah, they had, shish kebabs. Yeah, they had pork kebabs. Yeah. And we had we also brought home, we stuck most of it in the fridge or the free or the freezer. We got um Hopia. We got Hopia. Yay! Which is one of my favorites. Yeah. We got Pam. We got a little bit of pico. <laughs> <laughs> we got a little bit of pico and we got uh and samida. Yep. Ube and mango and samida. Which is Ooh, one of my nice. favorites. I call it the donut of the Philippines. We did not get any pandasal though, which you know. I didn't want it because it wasn't like true pandasal. It was like yeah. I don't know what it was. It was like it was like a it might have been a different region. Beef, something or other. A, a pand- yeah, pandasal pand- with like yeah, like a like a beef topping of some sorts. I don't know. It was a little weird. Like I was just like, eh, I wanted like real pandasal, but. But I got my insomnia. I got my hope up, Pam. <laughs> and cake. <laughs> I got really Matt, excited yeah, about the I cake. Know, I know what Evan is trying to do. <laughs> 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 well, anyway, um, if you guys... Um, we will we will talk more about that on our other podcast called Hollow Hollow, Hollow Hangouts. Hangouts. Yep. Yeah, and give- Evan, yes, yes. You can you can do the same there, too. I may have yes. to make me jealous. <laughs> if, if you want to hear Edwin and Pam gush about the carinderia and the food... I might have to do a food tasting. <laughs> if you want to oh, listen I- to that, go. if you want to listen to them gushing about that food, go ahead and listen to Halo Halo Hangout. It's one of the uh, legend yum. creators' uh, other podcasts. We're- yes. That's our other only podcast. <laughs> For now. <laughs> anyway. Hey, Angela. Yeah. 
What have you been up to? I've been playing a lot of a lot of tabletop games, you know, uh, a lot of D and D. Been playing some Shadowrun, getting into um, a Panic at the Dojo. I've got a create. I've got a character created for one of those games, and I I found out there's another D and D book. Um, I have been told specifically I am not allowed to look at this one yet. Uh, it was just released. It's called The Wild Beyond the Witchlight. Okay. Uh, it was just recently released uh, by Wizards of the Coast. So, you know, I, I've i been hearing that Wizards of the Coast is working on cleaning themselves up. So, uh, you know. Uh, are they cool now? I, they're, they're working on it. They're, they're working on being cool again. They are working on being cool again. Okay. So. So. So tell me what's in this book. I, I'll I'll confess I am not sure what's in this book. However, uh, from what I'm seeing of what little I've looked at it, because like I said, I'm not allowed to actually look at it. Apparently, it's a it's a uh, Feywild adventure module. Ah, uh, okay. Oh. And oh gosh, I want to look into it so bad because apparently they've got a couple new races where you can play as a fairy or a basically Feywild rabbit. Yeah, you can't look at that. You can't look I, at that yet because we have another book that we're looking at right now that oh, yeah. it's a little bit more pertinent oh, than oh, 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 I, which we'll the other book I am, later on the show. I have, I have it on my lap. I am looking at it right now and I am gushing. Yeah. But yeah, the, We'll discuss that later on the show. Yeah. But yeah, so I've been told that a friend of mine is wanting to run a a game for a small group of ours with that module. So I'm I'm kind of looking forward to that. Um, cool. But I, yeah, I've been playing a lot of I've I've been playing a lot of games and yeah. There's this is I, how many this is how many Angela's been playing. Okay, <laughs> on a certain Saturdays of the month, right? Feels like almost every other Saturday. <laughs> she has. It's not even every other Saturday. It's almost like there's sometimes every Saturday. <laughs> sometimes it's every every week. Like it expands over the weekend because she has a game at twelve on Saturday. She also has another hold game on, at on. six six on Saturday. So two games on Saturday, and then she has another game on Sunday at three p.m. Hold so, on, hold on, Edwin. <laughs> that's that's not even the start of it. When I start my weekend, there's occasionally a Shadowrun game, or sometimes they swap it out to another system. I haven't played during the other system nights, but Friday night around nine o'clock, because there's Australians playing the game, I have a game. And it's usually Shadowrun, but sometimes it's another system. But it's 9 o'clock at night, and it goes really, really late. Because, like I said, there's Australians playing in the game. Yeah, she doesn't go to bed till like, 2. <laughs> Not always. We try to get done by midnight with that one. Oh, try. We try. Don't is always that succeed. during the weekend, at least? It's during yeah, the it's, weekend, it's, which is yeah, fortunately, if, because... Yeah. If it were, if issues, it were not, I'd... If, if, if it were not, Edwin would be... Would be, uh... Uh, staging an intervention. It would be staging an intervention. <laughs> but there's there's a group that IDM some Saturdays, uh, every other Saturday, and uh, we play that one starting about 11.30, and it's, it's just a small group um, of some of my ADHD friends uh, just so we could, you know, space out 
and totally get it if someone else space out. Is that the six six o'clock one? No, that's that's that is the the eleven thirty one. Earlier one. Yeah. Eleven thirty in the morning. Yeah, that's the eleven thirty in the is morning. Is that why one. it usually lasts like till five? We try to get out by four thirty because. <sighs> One of my players in that one has an evening game that he needs to prepare for. So I try oh, to give wow. him enough of a gap so he can... This isn't... This is even including the one that Angela plays with Pam and I. Okay? <laughs> yeah. that, that Jeff DMs at the moment. Yeah, so... So, so, so there's, <laughs> there's that one. And we try, to, we try to get out so he has enough time to transition from that game to, to uh, preparing to be a DM for his game. And sometimes those nights, I also have another game in the evening with, again, one of one of those players that her brother is DMing, and is the that group has shrunk uh, to basically her family and me. <laughs> so her, her brother, her parents, and me. <laughs> that sounds like a sitcom. Oh, there are some days where it totally is, and I love it. That would be interesting to have a sitcom like like about D and D. I think uh, I'm the one. Oh I'm... gosh, oh she, her family is hilarious, and I love them. Um, huh? Yeah, I think I'm the one, only one in this entire podcast that has like the least amount of games they're playing, which is just one, one. <laughs> and that's the one with with Pam. And Angela DM'd by Jeff at the moment. That's the it, only game. There was a time it, where I ended up playing three games. Yeah, what happened? <laughs> if people people moved and and there were troubles and yeah, people had people had personal issues. Things happened. People moved, yeah. and we just stopped. Yeah, which and, happens. You know, anybody who's played D and D right for quite a while. Life. Sometimes life gets in the way and all of a sudden yeah. the game ends. Yeah. And then there's there's the Sunday afternoon group, which is the Eberron group. Uh, and we play almost every week. Uh, is that it is they are a really awesome group, super supportive of each other, super understanding. Uh, like it that is a really good group. Um but yeah, so from the time I get done with work on Friday to the time that Sunday ends, there are some weekends where I have four games, and I love it. <laughs> it, it, it makes my brain happy. <laughs> Not to mention the play-by-posts. <laughs> Oh yeah, oh, let's, not, let's not get into the play-by-post. Let's not get into the play-by-post because not... sometimes, sometimes I feel like Angela's like cheating on me with her phone or something. <laughs> but no, she's just playing a play-by-post, which is like text version of D and D. And yeah, anyways, let's not get I... into it. So, so the Wild Beyond the Witchlight is the next one. Th- yeah. That is the newest module with with some additional character options and. I haven't been able to actually dig into it, but I'm looking forward to it. Anyway. Yeah. Hmm. Moving on. Hey, Edwin. <laughs> <laughs> what have I been doing? Uh, <laughs> you know what? I haven't been playing a lot of D&D. <laughs> That's for sure. Well, uh, it's not oh, D&D for me. No, but we may, I may end up having a second game because of a thing that we're going to be talking about in the next segment. But um 
I have been playing. I went back to Final Fantasy fourteen, and as you know, um, we talked about this in an earlier episode where there's a bunch of my a bunch of friends I work with went on Final Fantasy Final Fantasy fourteen, and they were asking me to get on it. What I didn't realize how busy Final Fantasy fourteen was. It is busy. You're waiting in a queue of like eighty people. You know, Jeez. just to get into the just to get into the into the world, right? Fortunately, I think there's enough people who go come and go that that you're just waiting maybe like a minute or two. Which oh, okay. is nice. So not too bad. Yeah, I was playing I couldn't sleep last night and like I got up like at four o'clock and I decided to play a little bit of Final Fantasy fourteen. I got in right away because who plays? At four o'clock in the morning. You'd be surprised, though. <laughs> yeah, there's people in there, but there wasn't like a waiting room or anything, or like a like a wait list to get into the world. But mm-hmm. here's the thing: I finally finished. Yes, I finally finished the main game, the main first full-on game. Now I'm on to the expansion, <laughs> the first <Yay>! expansion, <laughs> right? Which is funny because the boss that we fought. At the end, I barely spoiler. Fought. Yeah, <laughs> oh, I barely I, fought. I was worried that you were about to give no, a spoiler. <laughs> no, I barely fought it because the way that the the way that the uh, these like group fights go is that if you die, you know you can choose to spawn back and try to get back into into the group right through shortcuts through the dungeon. But me being you know, thinking better about the people I was with never resurrected me. So I decided to to respawn back to the beginning and do the <laughs> shortcuts. But then I got stuck in one of the shortcuts. Throughout this whole time, they were like already like beating like boss after boss after boss. So by the time I reached the group, right, they were already at the last boss. <laughs> so I kept going from cutscene to cutscene to cutscene. While he's trying <laughs> to find his way. Trying to find my way around and doing stuff that they've already done. And apparently, this is pretty much a thing on Final Fantasy XIV where if you die, you know, things like this tend to happen. And some of these groups are going through speed trials. And I think I was in one of those groups where they were speed trialing where you get extra bonus points to see how fast you can get through a dungeon, mm-hmm. which I don't like because I'm the healer, right? There was a good thing that this group, it was a good thing there was a full group, which gives, gives you two healers, right? Because if I was the only healer, they'd be dead. <laughs> they'd be all dead. And the, it was funny, by the time I got there, right, the other healer died. So I was the only one healing at the the very end. And I was just like, man, this is like I barely like I got the I got the points for the whole thing because I apparently I landed enough <laughs> landed enough points that I didn't have to do the whole thing over again. But anyways, Final Fantasy 14, yes, it's a thing. Yes, it's great. It's beautiful. If you haven't played, you know, they offer a, you know, you know, free 30-day pass. And I think you can play for free until you're, like, level 20 or something like that. Okay. So, it's right. great. Okay. And real quick, you wanted to mention a, a comic that you've been reading? Real yes. quick mention, please. <laughs> because I just saw something in this book that I got excited about. Oh, my gosh. I'm Angela. getting excited looking at this okay, book, okay? so the last thing I wanted to talk about was that 
if you have Hulu, right, I've been watching Why the Last Man. And it started, I think, in August. And they're on the fifth uh, episode right now. A sixth episode coming later this week. But it's good, except for the fact that I think the comic book is better. And I read the I, I started reading the comic book before I started watching the show. Okay. And okay, so the comic book I just want to explain why I think the comic book's better. It has humor in it. Okay. Okay, the comic book has some humor in it. The movie is like gritty handmaiden's tale, freaking like like just like everybody's life looks like crap kind of thing right and woe is me and every, you know it's like that which is like okay you know what like i can only get so much of this i had to actually stop in between episodes because i just i'm just sitting there going like oh my gosh these guys are making my i feel so bad <laughs> like throughout this whole thing and so then when would I go, you say oh sorry what I, so i had like i'll go read the, the comic books even more and I feel better about myself. And then I go back to the show. It's like this never ending cycle. I mean, it's just, I don't know. So the show is the show just like too dark compared to the comic. It's dark. Like it's like, it's just gritty. Like there's blood everywhere. There's, you know, people like are throwing up blood and like in the yeah, very first. Yeah, so it's it post-apocalyptic, it's essentially. It's kind of a hard watch. Like, like there's certain, like, aspects that are completely different from the comic book, but they're sort mm -hmm. of, like, following, like, the general premise, like, in a very, like, like surface-level way. But, <laughs> yeah. But I think the comic book is better. And, yes, I did get comic Comixology for, like, 30 days free for a month. Uh, 30 days free and i'm already like halfway done with a series <laughs> so oh perfect <laughs> yeah someone uh, someone told me okay you know what i forgot how fast comic book reads are That's like good. i completely forgot how fast like i sat there i was like keep reading 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 i was like wait a minute i'm already done with this it's like it's been two minutes. You, that's <laughs> why you that's why you sit and you enjoy the art of the page yeah you take your time Take your yeah. time. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Maybe I'm reading it like a novel. I think. Yeah. Stop reading it like <laughs> a novel. Unless, well, it also depends on the story. I mean, if it's a gripping mm -hmm. story that you just have to know yeah. what go comes next, then I would. Then it can go faster. Yeah. But otherwise, yeah. Yeah. You definitely. Take your time. Yeah. Take your time reading comic books and enjoy the ride. Yeah. I already got. Because remember, there are. Because remember, there are. There may be some Easter eggs. Oh yeah. There's lots of little. They like to hide little oh, things in comic speaking books. Speaking of Easter eggs, right? If you're playing Files Fantasy XIV, <laughs> okay. there's a quest in there which was like, huh? <laughs> because apparently some characters of Final Fantasy was it sixteen? Fifteen. Is it fifteen? With uh, Noctis. Mm-hmm. Show up in Final Fantasy 14? <laughs> what is that about? Anyways, go. Final Fantasy is <laughs> loves its Easter eggs, and you know the fans love the Easter eggs. Yeah, I was just like, what is this dude doing here, Mister <laughs> Mister Emo Band Boy? I've got like 
a regalia <laughs> car in the middle of like 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 fantasy land. <laughs> you know. That loves ramen noodles. That loves ramen noodles. <laughs> yeah. He's, what's he doing? Anyways. Anyway. So Pam. <laughs> yes. You have something to be excited about too. Well, okay, so with with Edwin watching his show on Hulu, I've just been watching multiple shows on Netflix. Please mind you that I don't represent Netflix in any way, nor are we sponsored by Netflix. Yet. Or Hulu. Or yeah, we, Hulu. Yeah, we're not. It's just wanting to... However, if they want to sponsor us! Oh! Merchandiners at Gmail. <laughs> Yeah, if any of these streaming services would like to sponsor us, <laughs> I would gladly accept. Like, comment, subscribe. So, like, anyway, comment, anyway. subscribe. Anyway, okay, so back. So, Netflix. Um, I, I'm taking a break from comics. I will probably geek out on that in the next episode. But um, for Netflix, I've been on a random feelings lately. Okay, so so just just... Just to give a short grocery list of what I watched, I watched Little Miss Sumo, which is like a less than 30 minute uh, documentary of a woman sumo wrestler in Japan. Oh, wow. And there are there are uh, like women sumo wrestlers. They just don't get airtime, nor are they kind of supported, supported like They're like like the men's sumo wrestling. So they're like um, basically like the Minnesota Lynx. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know. I mean, it's it, yeah, similar. Yeah. So yeah. it just kind of took her through the journey of you know trying to where where she is right now, and it, it's worth a short watch. So I watched that, and then next thing I watched another documentary called Hope Frozen. This covers the story of a Thai family who lost a child, but didn't. But then freeze froze her okay (laughs) that's all i'm gonna say because it it's interesting um i'm just gonna leave it at that what was this called hope Hmm? frozen it's an actual women it's an actual like real life like yes it's yes it's yes it's a documentary it's based off of something that actually happened okay okay and then (laughs) And then, and then after that, I watched the Starling. Okay. Um, that one, that one, I think you sh- you might have heard of. That has yeah. Melissa McCart, Melissa was it McCartney or something, and Chris O'Dodd from IT Crowd. Yep. And this is actually a very serious, um, movie, even though those two are are known for comedy. Um, I it heard- just deals with uh grief, and yeah. trying to come out of that grief um but it was an interesting watch so i had to do like a visual palette cleanser so i watched jack jack waddle's uh travel travel with my father oh that's a good one that one that's a good okay, one so i've seen episodes of that one and and basically it is what it what it what it uh, sounds like it's basically jack Whitehall, the a british comedian yep. taking his very elderly father very like traditional yeah he's like a traditional british dude yep and and they and the seasons that i that i watch are cover the uh, southeast peninsula so they went to bangkok no and then they traveled to cambodia (laughs) and and mind you this this 
I want to give kudos to Jack Whitehall because if that was me dealing with his father, I don't think I would have been as nice. <laughs> <laughs> but that's just me. It was. It's very funny if you like if you like um, funny reality that yeah, that I would um, I would uh, suggest. And then, um, may I remind you, something's back. It's a new season of the Great British Baking Show. It is out. There are two episodes out now. If I don't respond to my text, that's the reason why. I can already um, feel my my blood sugar is going up. <laughs> so the first the first episode deals with cake. the The newest episode deals with uh, biscuits. Is that guy is that guy from IT Crowd still doing that? Is still hosting that? Noel, Noel yeah. Fielding. Yeah, the, the 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 goth the goth, the goth server yes. guy. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> He's, He's there good. along with Humpty Dumpty lookalike. Uh, Humpty Dumpty lookalike. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I really should know his name by now, but I don't, unfortunately. Yeah. And so far, I'm enjoying it. And um, now that I'm on a Netflix thing, I saw something that might interest people. So you remember Tiger Tiger King, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, I remember Tiger King. I watched that whole thing during the <laughs> COVID. <laughs> there's going to be a second season. Oh, is it, no. Is it his trial? There's a, tra there's a trailer out on YouTube. Go oh, watch it. <laughs> Could that thing get even more of a hot mess? I mean, <laughs> seriously. The whole thing it is could. a dumpster fire. Based on the trailer, it could. Because they had enough for another season. How do you have enough for another season? And mind you, oh, well, I'm, I think he's still, you know, partaking in this, even though he's behind bars. Is he, isn't he like he lost his 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 like zoo, quote unquote, uh, to that one gal? The hello cats and kittens. That that lady. did he? Yeah, like he he lost in the court in a in a lawsuit. Well, well, yeah, so last for, time I for heard fans of it. that have for fans that have uh watched Tiger the first uh Tiger King get ready there's another season oh of my that. gosh <laughs> oh no yeah, just, those are like one of those shows where if I feel bad about myself for some crazy odd whatever reason you know you watch that. I watch I watch Tiger King and I was like oh I feel better about myself now this is great like I have a good life you know although I I do feel bad about because everything is surrounding the tigers, but not not focus on the tigers themselves. And I feel bad for the animals, really, because oh, I definitely feel bad for the animals. So I'm like one hundred percent. I I don't even watch it. Just like oh, it's a hot mess. Yeah, I I've, <laughs> I've, just... I've caught enough of it while Edwin was watching to feel bad for the animals. Yeah, just to think that guy tried running for president. Oh, gross. <laughs> so, I thought I like how many episodes, and they just—they're just a episode after episode. It just tops. Yeah. Like, what's what could be worse than even, this? Oh no! Look, there's another episode, and it will. I can't even stand that <laughs> that lady. I don't even know. I don't even want to know her name. It's like Hello? Carol Baskin. Yeah, Carol Baskin. That's where that that TikTok thing came from. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. You know, I can't even stand. It's like Hello, cats and kittens. So. <laughs> Uh, That's what I've been. It makes up me want to wanna fart. 
Oh, jeez. Okay. Anyway, that's what I've been up to. And yeah, Netflix, get a hold of me, please. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. So, 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 um, it's, it's, it's time for the whole shut up and listen thing. Oh, we can finally get to the thing that I'm really excited about. Oh, boy. Hold on. I got to find the bumper. What the heck is a bumper? Here it is. That is the purpose of this meeting, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, for a nationwide campaign by you to demand by law such compulsory education. Okay. The book, the hardcover copy of Sina Una, has shipped out and we got our copy. Pam got her copy and I am super excited hold, hold, hold about it. Hold on one second, okay. We'll explain what Sina Una is first because I don't think Yeah. It's been a long time. Like uh, since, since we mentioned it in the in a it was like past like episode podcast. ten or something. <laughs> oh yeah. A long time ago. Yeah. Oh yeah. gosh, there was so much work going into this. Yeah. Uh yeah. Sina Una uh was a kickstarted uh source book. Uh, third-party source book for Dungeons and Dragons, based on pre-colonial Filipino history and mythology. Yes, which is near and dear mm-hmm. to my heart. Yeah, and I like I support Edwin in his wanting to be close to his culture. Um, so I got really excited, and I I went in and got it through the Kickstarter, and they put so much work into it. Um, and it, the hardcover books were finally all produced and sent out to. Oh wait, no, it was on Indiegogo. It was on yes, Indiegogo. it was on yeah. Indiegogo. Ah. And mind yeah. you, mind you, all the work was done, artwork and everything, was written and created by Filipinos. Yeah, a, a producer, everyone, uh, everyone who who, uh, wrote and researched and did art for this was Filipino. Um, they did contact um, uh, Sarah Thompson and I, be- I believe they're known as uh, Mustangs Art on Twitter, but they they contacted them for, for sensitivity. Um, like the the group working on it, you know, they're all Filipino, so they were all, you know, working with. They were all watching for Filipino sensitivity, but they also contacted uh, this person for disability sensitivity, and uh, yeah, so it's. So they did their homework. They did their homework. They Good. they worked. This group worked really, really hard. They did, holy cow, so much research. Like, they were having to buy rare books mm-hmm. to get some of the information. They were having to talk to... to Which is hard like, to get. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, there's there's some books that they just couldn't get because they yeah. were too expensive. Yeah, some of the books I've, I, I've got from mythology, I've gotten from, like, like people who I knew. Mm-hmm. Or, like, I just happened to, like, stumble upon... yeah. You know, in the Philippines or here. Yeah. So they they were they were looking for anything they could get their hands on that was pre-colonial, and there were some there were some myths that they were looking into um, that they had to throw out because they couldn't find anything that showed it was pre-colonial. Yeah. Like that, there was one that they were they were pointed to. Everybody was like, "Oh yeah, make sure you include this. Make sure you include this." And they looked into it. 
And you know they were trying to follow the trail back to find the the sources. So they didn't want to do some hearsay that that could possibly oh, be no, they, meshed with like Spanish. They they did want they did they avoided as much Spanish influence as they could. But one of the one of the um, myths that they encountered, um, they were trying to follow the resources back, and they could not find any actual source material. And when they when they did find some sort of source, it basically led them in a circle. So it they they had to throw it out. They had to throw it out because, as far as they could tell, by that it was something newer that someone had made up yeah. and claimed was ancient. Or mm-hmm. older. Kinda, that's kind of hard to do, like especially because yeah, because quite honestly, it's Filipino pre-colonial Filipino um, stuff. You know, it's kind of hard to find. Like, there are scholars in the Philippines that study this stuff. Yeah. So, So, yeah, they were talking to those scholars. They were talking to everybody they could get a hold of. Well, that's cool. I I really like the fact that they really did research in order to form this. Oh, yeah. Kind of like the Philippine version of the video game Assassin's Creed. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, I'm excited about it. So, okay. So we have the ask. book. The book is thick. It's, it's like a textbook. And a, Appendix C is on page 335. Okay. Appendix C. <laughs> so it is like a textbook. Yeah, it has 336 <laughs> pages. 336 pages, fully colored. Yeah, fully. Full color- it's not oh, like gosh. a... The illustrations in this are gorgeous. gorgeous yeah. I said I've been reading the PDF version because they, they also gave us... Well, they gave us a PDF before they gave us the book. Yeah, they they sent out the PDF as soon as the PDF was prepared. Yeah. They did make some updates, so there's a version 1.4. Yeah. Um, that we were able to look at, but you know, there's just something special about holding it in your hands. And so now that they're in print, um, for physical copies, uh, they're they're also uh selling it through, a Hit Point Press. Um, I think the Deck of Many dot com. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, that sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah. So. So here's a question now. We have this book. <laughs> right? Yes. <laughs> what are we going to do with it? I believe uh, you're going to... You are getting... <laughs> I was mentioning some of the things that were in here, and you started getting an idea. I did get some 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 ideas of what I... Some stories I know of, like, pre-colonial stuff, like, in the Philippines. So I'm kind of like, hmm, maybe I can make up a story about, like... You guys doing a thing that would actually maybe perhaps possibly take place. It see, I'm here. I am looking right. at it. Like I, I had the, I've had the PDF and I've, I've been happy to look at it. But like yeah. having the actual book, I get, I get much more excited about a physical book yeah. than a PDF. So here I am looking at it. Like, ooh, sub. There's, there's a new sub races, or I don't think they call it that. Um, but where is it? And there. All I know is the, that the people. Yeah. So there's there's the different people options. There's there's a couple of new classes in here. Uh, there's new subclasses, backgrounds, feats, equipment, and spells. I really want to dig into the spells. I love <laughs> magic user characters. I, I want all I know is that if I don't end up DMing. Which I think I'm probably going to end up DMing. <laughs> um, oh, you want to? I know you do. Um, 
I basically, I mean, I would, I want my character to be, what was that? A tiefling? <clears throat> yes. Um, a, like an earth tiefling? The, the, they what they call it is the Carabao. Carabao tiefling. Okay. <laughs> Which is very earth, earth centric, earth focused, right? Call that person, right? Call that person Pantu, because that's as tribal as I can find in terms of like, Philippine names, and then he's gonna have a water buffalo or a carabao named Dorian. Because <laughs> Dorian smells, and carabao smells because they <laughs> like to wade in the muddy water in the in the rice paddies. So, and I'm going to ride the carabao <laughs> because that's what you do. Anyways. That's my plan, but I'm sure that's not going to be happening anytime soon. You, you can use him as an NPC. I may have to use him as an NPC. I could. He, he can start out as an NPC. He could be the quest giver. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's, that's a good idea. <laughs> Anyways, uh, uh, so we have it. Stay tuned for yeah. um, for what we do with this. I don't know what we're going to do in terms of maybe we'll... Um, I don't know. I'm sort of leaning towards... Um, I've got my plans. I have my plans. I, so. I, I think it's, it's worth mentioning, um, like, the the crew who was who wrote this uh, wanted to make it clear that, like, there's a whole lot missing from, from pre-colonial records, uh, and they wanted to be as true to the mythology as possible. But since there's so many islands and they're so spread out, a lot of the myths vary. So they had to basically try to mesh what existed in multiple places mm -hmm. and some where they were too far different they had to choose one or the other and so they tried to get a representation of a little bit of everywhere in the philippines and get as much as they could so you know it's they they had to take some liberties because again there's bits missing and there's and there's the philippines is very much a hodgepodge yeah. It's pretty much like um, the Creole of the Southeast Asian area. Hey, Edwin, I think I think we will talk about that in another yes, we will. our other podcast, Hala Hala Hainang, as to why pre-colonial Philippines isn't very well known even in the Philippines. Yeah. Yeah, so, so. if you want to hear more about that, listen to Hala Hala Hangout. Yep. But, oh, gosh. So, <laughs> All right. I'm, I'm looking so at one spells. Last, okay, so one last thing you can talk about, Angela, about this, because we could talk about this all day. I'm sure we could. <laughs> uh, I I absolutely could gush about this. The the art is just absolutely gorgeous, and I I really get really excited about new where, things to add to games. Where and, can we find like samples of this? Um, you could probably find find uh, inf more information about it on the Book of Many or or sorry, the Book of Many dot com or hitpointpress.com. Okay. Um they have a tab they have a tab of different collections. Um you can go to the collection that is specifically the Islands of Sina Una and you can find there either the PDF or the hardcover book available for purchase. Cool. You can probably find little tidbits about it there or you know. Sweet. If you want to know more, go ahead and um subscribe to our other podcast. Hello, hello, hangouts. Hello, hello, hangouts. We're going to probably talk about this even more. Um, how, uh, we did talk about in the previous episode of Hello, hello, hangouts about pre colonial 
Philippines. Um, they have stats for a Tarsier. I can't get over that. <laughs> yeah, there's stats for Tarsiers. Um, so yeah, so that's uh, that's Yanuna. We're gonna probably play it some, some in the near future, and I'm probably gonna have to DM it. So <laughs> it'll be it'll be fun. It'll be it'll be a thing. Edwin, you'll have to give the updates on those stories. Yeah. Yeah, we we will we almost we will more than likely uh, keep the listeners um, entertained. That's probably gonna be in our part of our D and D stories. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that one of them will be seen in the Sina Una world. All right, so let's oh, go. I'm getting let's, so excited about this. Though. Let's uh, hey, Angela. Let's uh, <laughs> let's uh, continue on <laughs> to let me tell you a thing. Here we go. Sorry, I'm not so really a thing. Hey, what do you mean by that, Hey, so Edwin, you have a question? I do have a question because I've been, I've been listening to Critical Role. I listen to Critical Hole, Critical Role, Critical Hit. Um, there will be dungeons, and several other, um, several other podcasts um, that in you know in the in the past and quite recently. And one thing I've noticed, one thing I have noticed. And even like not even just Dungeons and Dragons, but like like uh, role playing general, right? Whether it's LARPing or I don't know, um, cosplaying, right? Mm-hmm. There's always a person who does a Scottish or British accent. There's always one person in a group party <laughs> that does a Scottish or British accent. Okay, I'm wondering. Is this just a trope now? Is it just like something to expect? Like we don't hear like like we don't hear a person doing like I'm gonna do a German accent, like <laughs> you know, or I'm gonna do a a person from you know like you know from from Arabia or whatever you know like <laughs> it's right. always it's always Scottish or British or somewhere along like the Emerald Isle or you know like like the UK. The UK, you know, the United Kingdom area, right? Um, out of curiosity, are those that have those Scottish or British accents, are they either a dwarf or a wizard? Not necessarily. Okay. I mean, that's because... the thing. Like, it's not necessarily like a dwarf or a wizard. Sometimes it's just like, you know, a human or a. You know, even like I'm hearing like orcs with like a, a like a like a hint of like East Ender. <laughs> you know, like I'm just sitting there going like, is this just like a trope now? Like we just if there's gonna be a Dungeons and Dragons like live play of some sort, you can expect some person gonna do some kind of like a British or Irish or Scottish accent of some sort. Well, first off, I just want to oh. let the listeners know that Critical Role is played by voice actors. Yeah. So if they are able to pull off an accent, they can. Is it like a, just an easy accent to do? Like it's just it's just like a. I think it's like a a fallback. Well, it's also a way of acting too. I mean, it's a way to for you to actually be immersive in in the character in the in the game. Um. Granted, you know, accents, you don't need to have an accent in order to play your character. 
Um, it's just added fun, really. Like, you know, this, like, even, like, like, the reason why I'm talking about this is because what's that show that you used to do, that movie that you, you watched, Angela, with the dragons? Oh, How to Train Your Dragon? How to Train Your Dragons. Everybody there had, like, a British accent. No, what's or Scottish Scottish accent, a Scottish accent, which, which, <laughs> honestly, I prefer that they translated it to a Scottish accent than a than a regular, you know, English accent, because it was much more. It, but it, were they Vikings? They're Vikings, yeah. So With Scottish accent, yeah. But it's, I'm glad they used Scottish instead of of English. Because you know it's it's a it's a little less expense expected, but yeah, the whole I think they're trying to set up an atmosphere, and you know a Scottish ac- accent worked for the atmosphere, if if you know being otherwise not believable for a Viking, because I I have I have Norwegian friends. And that Norwegian accent sounds nothing like a Scottish no. accent. No, it doesn't. I mean, I have a Finnish friend at work. You mm-hmm. know, he's from Finland. Nothing like a Scottish accent. Nothing like a British yeah. accent, right? And I just feel like, like, what's up with it? Like, is every is it? I feel like it's just like a trope or a fallback of some sorts. Like where it's like, well, we're gonna have to pick an accent anyway, so let's just go with th- what we've got. You know, because we're going to speak English anyway, so let's just... <laughs> and I th- I think what it more is, is, like, in cases like How to Train Your Dragon, they're looking to set an atmosphere that gives it a... Um, makes it clear that it's not an American setting. You know, like, yeah, the the younger Vikings still have that American accent. It's like, <laughs> which, is, which is also odd in its own right. But it was trying to very much put them, put it in, um, into a, a atmosphere that, okay, yeah, the, the teenagers there, the younger, the youngsters there, they're, they're going to show a new way of thinking, a new way of doing things. You know, kind of feel you know, that naive, that n- uh, naivet- naivete. Th- yes, that's the word I want. Yeah. That. Whereas the older characters are much more gruff from a much more old way of thinking, a much older way of doing things. They w- they wanted to make them sound. Much more gruff and and old fashioned, which you know, choosing Scottish specifically, it's like, I wonder how Scots feel about that. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not gonna go there right now. I kind but. of feel like how do how do you know how do people from Sweden and Norway feel about that? You know, it, it's like I'm kind of like even like Skyrim, right? Skyrim is full of people with like British. Yeah, it's, it's it's like I I get that they're trying to get a. A feel for something that's much older and an American accent really wouldn't suit that. Well, it 
it could if we quit using British accents and yeah. Scottish accents for things. It, it could work if we if we quit worrying about accents. If you go back to like Dungeons and Dragons, right? Mm. Like I feel like the fallback is that, you know, because it never I I don't I don't remember ever, like, like, at least the ones like in Critical Role or Critical Hit, and then the other ones, you know, they don't really try another thing or or it's like you know like nobody like tries like my character is german <laughs> you know and so he's not gonna... you know what's interesting you know what's interesting hmm. all these languages that that are concentrated on a fantasy are european yeah but is european is a back part of Europe is a is a default for European like British and Scottish or yeah, Irish. Well, my, my there's point a, is yeah, and there's a if, whole lot of discussion around that. Like, yeah, like yeah, like that. That's I think that's that's definitely a a big part of why there's a lot of third party uh, content coming out because it's like the Wizards' handling of of. Asian inspired content in the past has been clumsy at best. Yeah. Um so there so people are coming out with third party content for for their own ethnicities and nationalities to kind of include that that uh element that's that's more more matches who they are and and by golly, I I am fully in support of people making third party content for for a wider world view. Um, but yeah, it's like the whole D and D thing. I think is mostly Eurocentric because like the very first one was was basically very Tolkien esque. Yeah, and I, I was about to say I think the the universe that D and D was created was based off of your European folklore, wasn't it? Or uh, fantasy? A a it was based on a combination of of um, Tolkien's work and European mythology. They did squeak some other nationality. Uh, and other continental uh, things in there, but like I said, it was it was clumsily done at best. And one of the things about Dungeons and Dragons that I don't think people don't realize is that, like especially like older versions of Dungeons and Dragons, this was like true back from like three and three point five, <laughs> where it wasn't just Faerun, right? Like it wasn't just like. The land of Faerun, where all the kings and queens and you know live, and you know, and the you know the elves and stuff like that. There was like an entire world where it was like, like that was like set to 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 look that like took after like like the Middle East, you know, and the deserts. Mm -hmm. You know. which I'm inclined to think was probably done clumsily at best. Maybe and perhaps. Of course, they also had dinosaurs and stuff like that too. That's where that so, began. But you know what I mean? Like they they were trying to explore other worlds. 
Other so, than yeah. this, like, very stereotypical, like, let's do knights okay. and everything. So, Edwin, your question was, why is the British or Scottish accent kind of like the default of why, why yeah, players like why is it, use it? Yeah, why is it like why is it like a thing? Like I feel like it's I, it's always been I I I blame movies. <laughs> yeah. You know, in I'm going to play devil's advocate a little bit. Um based on just the sound of accents themselves, Scottish and British accent just add more flair to the character and it's the positive type of flair. Like a British, usually they appear like smart or mm-hmm. high class, pretty well, like perfect a, for a rich yeah. human or a high elf. Um, well, that right Scotty. there, that right there is a trope, right? We see that well, in movies all the time. Mm-hmm. Well, if you are, if you're asking that if it is a trope, then yes, yes. it is yeah. a trope. Movies. So, so my question is, is that bad? I think it's just. To me, overused. I just yeah, I think it's just overused. Okay. You know, like as soon as you can like really, ex- you know, you can expect. Oh, there's a group that's playing Dungeons and Dragons, right? And they're gonna <laughs> they're gonna they're gonna do voices. I'm I'm sure ninety nine percent to hundred that someone's gonna do some kind of like a, you know. Okay. Okay. Now, I I gotta <laughs> say, uh, critical hit. I I still love critical hit. Uh, there was one point. Uh, in which um, Rodrigo incorporated accents. He had this little fox character called Drumstick, and he actually gave her a little bit of a southern type of accent. Oh, yeah. And it was just precious. <laughs> yeah, and that's the kind of thing, like, I like it when they... I mean, when I was DMing for the first time, as bad as it was, <laughs> you know? hey, everybody's got to start somewhere yeah it's like as bad yeah. as it was in terms of like 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 voice acting and stuff like that i tried to give characters like their own personal accent mm-hmm. right you know just and that that there is hard trying to like like have all these different accents like on the table for each mm-hmm. each like so it doesn't sound like you having a conversation with you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, but you know, it's just one of those things where, where I kind of like to see it like spread out more in terms of accents, like or in terms of like, like backgrounds. You know, mm-hmm. instead of like just sort of like defaulting to like. But I'm quite know. curious if we have listeners that are from Europe that do listen to these podcasts, I often wonder what they think. I kind of wonder, too. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> I have an idea. If you're listening from Europe and and you see a lot of American media come out using either your accent or a completely wrong accent to represent your nationality, could you send us an email or a comment somewhere? Uh, you can send it to dungeontinings at gmail.com and we'd love to hear your thoughts on it. Uh, or uh, or you can go to legendcreators.com on the comments too. We'll read yeah, it drop there. it in. Uh, drop it in. And I just like to hear you know, what your thoughts are about this 
about this conversation yeah. because it might be the only one I feel like it's like overused. <laughs> um, but I will say this uh, regarding of accents uh, that is used on D and it's kind of a yes and no thing. I kind of like using it because it does differentiate me talking as a as my character versus me talking as a player. So the DM will differentiate when I'm in character and when I'm in not. Oh yeah. Um, it's also pretty fun to you know. Oh, it's yeah. very it, you get into character when you actually you know act out your character yeah. mm -hmm. and accents help that. Oh, agreed, um, agreed. I mean, I thing, I encourage people to to play their character wholeheartedly when I DM. You know, mm -hmm. whenever I tried doing that. Some people did better than others, right? <laughs> so, right. Um, the flip side of that, though, is that as a voice actor, I do have limits. Um, if may I, and, and this should serve as a reminder that you don't have to have an accent in order to play your character, no. your character doesn't have to have an accent, your player should be whatever is to your liking and to your abilities. Um, because cause there are some times, especially when, when you go play with a group of strangers and you use a certain accent for... for they, they go like, what the of, heck is it this? It could be <laughs> taken the wrong way. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't know. So, so, with that said, probably having no accent at all and just using your, you know, talking voice... It's safe. It's that's yeah. perfectly okay. Yeah. You know, that's perfectly Which is okay. okay. Yeah. Because yeah. like for, for Pepper, I actually don't give her an accent uh ever. Um, unless she's in a disguise, but that's a whole nother situation. But I don't give her an accent <laughs> and it's more when I'm when I'm act when I'm playing as Pepper, I just basically have to put myself in, in her headspace and you know, just kinda change my body language so that I can become pepper for that little bit of time yeah and 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 it's okay and it's okay if you you know uh mess up a bit because there are times when i would use an an accent i don't know what accent <laughs> i use but for my uh dwarf paladin sometimes i would use an accent sometimes i don't yeah and so it's hard again it, it's and it's a game yeah it's hard it's like, a game i tried to make it, it as immersive as possible for you know because it was the first time you guys were playing yeah right trying to make it as immersive as possible trying to like keep track of like how many how many characters <laughs> it's hard so it's mm -hmm. yeah you know i mess up a ton of times you know, these guys can vouch for that but it's oh play by post have you ever had a <laughs> a okay i know i know the answer to this but just listeners if you play these various tabletop role play games think to yourself for a moment have you ever had a party not just split but fragment into multiple mini parties trying to keep track of all those characters and how all those characters speak at the same time it can be very difficult it's very difficult i wonder where that came from <laughs> anyways we should move on we got we got some food to talk about we do have some food to talk about let's let's say but regardless <laughs> of the style or type of restaurant, they all have one thing in common, and that is the serving of food. 
is still fresh. But I'll take only what I need. They've got to last. Oh, Longfellow Grill. Oh, that was so good. Longfellow Grill. Okay. That's a, is this in St. Paul or <laughs> no, Minneapolis? No, it's in Minneapolis. It's on the... Mini- okay. This is on the west side of the Mississippi River in the Longfellow River, which is like around... It's around like like Lake you know, like Lake Street. Okay. So, All right. Yeah. So, yes. Um, <laughs> I will say this on the way there. Um, parking can be a bit tricky. Although there, we later learned that there was a parking ramp. I don't know. It yeah. wasn't that many. It looked like apartment only parking. Although you know, it did have a public parking symbol, so I don't know. Yeah. So yeah, we parked. We parked on the street to just to be on the safe side anyway. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, it was a nice day too. I mean, that was it was a nice day to walk. Definitely. Yes. Mostly. Yes. Yes. Um so we went to Longfellow Grill. This is part of the Blue Plate Blue Plate uh restaurants. Uh this is this is owned by the Blue Plate restaurant restaurant company, which is a local company that owns multiple Restaurants around town, including the Dyna Grill and Lowry Brewery, I want to say. Okay. Um, so they have like a bunch of restaurants around town. Um, yeah. This one, Lowry, uh, no, I'm sorry, Longfellow, Longfellow. Grill <laughs> is is unique because it's the only one I think in their entire uh, chain of, of restaurants where it has a full bar. Like so, it has hmm. like a full-on bar, and the it has their largest. I think they have the largest patio seating. It can seat eighty people in their patio. That's how big this patio is. If you didn't see, if you, I don't know if Angela or Pam saw it, but if you go like in the back and around the corner, there was more patio seating back. There. Really? Yeah. Like, I I saw <laughs> so, that. Oh. I saw that little bit of patio that was that was. Uh, behind us yeah and then that extends in the back i did not even so realize that there's a lot of people so it was really amazing because we waited um for what 15 minutes yeah it wasn't too, too it wasn't bad. too long but we got we got the spot that i wanted which was nice it was a really good because it was like in the park like the park area in front of the that like olympic the art olympic that makes you torch think. statue <laughs> yeah the art that makes you think <laughs> It, lo- it looked okay. like it belonged in Olympic Village, definitely. Um, <laughs> if I were to say anything regarding of the patio environment, I would say I still like Astor's Cafe better. Oh, yeah. Although I do like the the um, the distance between the road and where we sat. It was a bigger it was a bigger gap than Astor's. Astor's yeah. Cafe, the the road was kind of just right there. Very close. Yeah, but the cars were moving very slow because it was cobblestone. Right. In Astor's, and then you got the view. You got the view of Minneapolis at Astor's. At Astor's, right? And right. we got a view of the statue and the I crab will, apple trees and the. <laughs> I will say this though: I did like the noise better than uh, Zen Box Izakaya. <laughs> oh, anything was okay. better than that. Yeah, <laughs> the, the noisiest part of of Longfellow's was the birds. <laughs> Which I was, think I thought that was nice. I think they were starlings. I'm not sure. Yeah. There are lots and lots of, lot birds. of birds. There was there was a ton of birds. There was the occasional like siren. Yeah. Yeah. It was ambulance. Lake. I mean, it was Lake Street. You but, know. I mean. Yeah. 
So, Which is to be expected. Yeah. So this was like pretty good. I think this was just like a notch down for Masters in terms yeah. of patio. Like it's just a little notch down, but it was good. I like the part. I did like the park atmosphere. I mean, yeah, that was pretty good. That was that too. was nice. Um. So yeah. Um, what did you? What did we eat? <laughs> what did we eat? I. I. The, oh, I want to talk about the gnocchi. Yeah. Uh, I had the gnocchi from the Blue Plate special, uh, which I was not expecting, but it's apparently a breakfast gnocchi. And it was really, really good. Like, mm, I wanted to, when I ran out of, when I ran out of the main meal, I wish, I was wishing I had a spoon to just eat the rest of the sauce. sauce. It was, it was tasty. Yeah. But the gnocchi was like perfect texture. It was. It was. It was. It wasn't like tough. Like it wasn't like. Dense. It, it wasn't. It wasn't super dense. It was soft. It was. Yeah. It had a, It had like the perfect amount of chew to it. Um. It was just a fantastic meal, and then it it came with um. Like I said, it it turned out it wasn't a breakfast one, so of course it came with yeah. with the side of of toast of my choice so i got an english muffin and it came with i'm pretty sure it was it was uh homemade jam homemade jelly yeah, or something like homemade that. homemade raspberry jam or or raspberry jam made in-house or however they phrase it it wasn't smuckers it, it was not it, <laughs> it didn't taste like smuckers but that was a really good jam i've okay like it's it's probably one of my of one of the top five raspberry jams I've ever had. Can't ever top mom's raspberry jam, but you know, it was still, <laughs> it was still really, really tasty. And like, it, was, it wasn't overly sweet jam. Cause you know how, how jams and jellies can sometimes just end up tasting like pure sugar. Yeah. Or yeah. if it's, if it's done wrong, it just tastes a little up, artificial. <laughs> it tastes artificial or, yeah. it, or it's a little too tart. This yep. was, this was none of those things. It's like, it was just beautiful jam. Um, yeah. Cool. I, I was. I. You know what? I did taste a little bit of your of your dish. I think it was good. I like the sauce. Yeah. I did like the sauce. <laughs> I mean, that was that was something I I wanted to. I remember. <laughs> I remember just like trying to figure out what's in this. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, what did you have, Pam? So I had, I didn't hear this. I didn't know that such a thing existed as shrimp spaghettini. It was the first time that I heard anything of spaghettini. Spaghettini. Oh my god! I it's can't. Like, see it. It's like angel Nothing. angel hair pasta or something. Like it was like a thinner pasta than normal. Yeah, it's spaghetti. not as thick as spaghetti noodles. Yeah. Yeah, and I think you're right. I think it was angel hair. Um, so it's basically like a. A very fancy version of spaghetti because um the they don't they don't have like a, the very red thick uh like spaghetti sauce that you normally you know s- prepare at home yeah it's like very thin a thin uh layer yep. of tomato and they use actual tomato so it's like was like it like a it. it was like it looked like almost like a like an olive oil base it was like an oil yeah, base. it's more oily than a sauce, yeah. and 
They topped it off with the shrimp. The shrimp was cooked to perfection. Although I do like my shrimp without tails on. I'm just saying. Um, <laughs> Pam doesn't. <laughs> Pam doesn't like dissection. <laughs> I just want to eat my food. Don't make me work for it, okay? Um, and, um, and then they topped it off with Parmesan cheese, and I believe. I forgot. I forgot what uh, garnish they used, but they topped it out with some green garnish. I forgot. What it so was. Like ba- was it like a basil or oregano? I think it was basil. I'm basil? not quite sure. Yeah. Anyway, it was. That seems standard. It was really good. I was. Normally, I would get have my sp- spaghetti with like uh, garlic bread or whatever. Didn't need anything else oh. really, and I was able to finish it. Like and. <laughs> was good all these all these restaurants and your right portions you're doing something right i like it they're not they're not like they're not like like (laughs) texas american big you know california california king like portions or anything like that like it's like sensible portions for you know for like an actual meal yeah, and, and, and speaking of, like, burger joints that are oversized or whatever, uh, my husband actually ordered their chick. What was it? Their chicken it was sandwich. Called, I have notes here. Uh, Minnesota Ooh. nice and spice. Nashville Nashville fried, fried chicken sandwich. Oh, that's yeah. what he got? I thought yeah. he got the other one. Well, well, that one well, does that one, have... This one has that same Minnesota nice sauce. Whatever that, oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. So he got curious as to whether if this... if their Minnesota nice sauce is basically like a very, very light spice or just not spicy at all. <laughs> um, but he did when he did order it and he bit into it, he it actually did have a kick the more he ate. He, and mind you, my husband likes having like those very spicy Korean wings. Yeah. And those hit you like yeah. first bite just hit you. And then yeah. it gets it's worse. Like a, it's like a, it's like a challenge. Yeah. It's like a food challenge. Uh, yeah. This one didn't didn't have a match to that fire. See, that was really that was really surprising to me because when I think of Minnesota nice, you know, and the stereotype that comes out of Minnesota in terms of spice, right? Mm-hmm. Which is like, you know, this is you know, this this is you know, this is a stereotype, so bear with me, but it's ketchup is spicy. You know, <laughs> that's the that's the joke, right? So when yeah. I saw, when I first saw Minnesota Nice, I thought it was like completely mild. Yeah, you know. And then when I heard that it was spicy, it was like, oh, so they're going completely away from that stereotype. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> and it was, and so that sandwich did come with fries. And what was it? I think they were battered fries. They were right? like lightly battered fries to have that like, like. Like oh, I think it was like their way of putting some kind of like a seasoning on it. Yeah, and then and good. you know what? There wasn't too much seasoning, like not like Arby's season. I think Arby's curly fries are over seasoned, in my opinion. But but yeah, I mean those fries were cooked. Like I think Jeff Jeff shared his fries with us, didn't he? Yeah, I tasted it. Yeah, I, it was I, good. Yeah, it was nice and crispy and. Yes, and not overly salty, which yeah. Yeah. a lot of restaurants love doing. <laughs> yep. And what did yeah. what did you order, Edwin? I had a steak Florentine. 
which was mm-hmm. something I haven't had in a long time. And the thing that the thing that I noticed about the steak quarantine, it's not like like a like a traditional steak quarantine. Um, mainly because um, they're using a very a, a higher cut of meat, which is they were using a New York strip. Usually these things are like a more of a lower cut, like a like a sirloin mm-hmm. and that sort of thing. Um, and it's usually it's usually served up with like spinach, like in some kind of like a garlic thing, right? In this case, it was a New York strip with with um, f- with full length uh, asparagus, right, and garlic mashed potatoes. So this felt like a like a little higher class version of like a traditional Florentine, but it tasted. It tasted much more tender because they were using that New York strip cut, mm. but you can the, you can taste the garlic because what they do is they they grill it up, you know, and then they put it into a usually they put it in plant and they base it with butter, with butter garlic butter, right? So so when you when the steak comes out, it's nice and moist with with that butter thing, right? This was good. Like I, this was, this was, I mean, I would rather, I would probably wouldn't really call it the Florentine, but that's what they call it, you know, because they're using like the, those like similar methods mm-hmm. for it. So, but this is like a little bit of a higher class than these normal Florentines are. And, right. but it was good. They were using length, like full length asparagus, which is usually what would happen. They would cut it. Right. And give you like the top half, but they actually felt like it, they took the time to actually peel the bottom half. Nice. So, which is like that's like that's a very like a classy way of doing doing asparagus. And hmm. you know, and the it was just I mean, here's the thing: it was the most expensive dish on the menu. <laughs> Right. Was it? I thought there was more. So, no, that was the most expensive dish on the menu. Uh-huh. I was actually quite hesitant to get it, but Angela was like, "Like, just get it. You haven't had a long time. Just get it." Uh, so I was like, "Fine, I'll get it." I, I did get. You know, my my dish was on the blue plate list, so I was yeah. like, "I did not get an expensive dish." So it's like, Edwin, if 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 you really really want yeah. it, just just get it. And it wasn't even the most. It wasn't even expensive at all. It was like twenty eight. What was it? Twenty eight fifty. Yeah, like it could have been. It could have been. It much could have been even more, especially when you're talking about a New York Strip. So mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. it's twenty eight fifty. Uh, not too bad. I mean, it's not like Murray Steakhouse prices. You know, <laughs> I mean. So I was very happy with it. It was really good. I ate the whole thing. Um, and it was actually safe for me because it was steak and it wasn't like. So my my blood sugars like enjoyed it so <laughs> it didn't enjoy the next one though well you guys yeah i was about to say oh boy that's the one that kind of messed me up <laughs> so yeah so at the very end of the meal we kind of decided that everyone would split a chocolate cake with vanilla ice cream and it- and very runny goodness <laughs> here's the thing the chocolate cake was huge uh, yeah, that that was a much bigger slice than I was that expecting. It was like Cheesecake Factory huge. It was huge. 
Yeah, like, but it was a good type of huge. <laughs> it was a good type of huge. Uh, like I, I already knew I wouldn't be able to finish. So I, when we ordered, I straight up asked the server to bring a box out for the piece that Edwin and I were eating. And I'm glad I did because, oh my gosh, we did not finish that. No, I, no, I would have, I would have been in complete hibernation. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh gosh. Oh, it was so good though. It was it's, very good. It was, it was kind of fudgy, and it was The wasn't, sauce. It was the sauce. That well, the, sauce. The cake itself was a little on the on the fudgy side, without being like overly fudgy and yeah. dense. But right. And then they gave you like the little jiggly yeah, the, sauce oh, thing, which made it, it like so good. That was like that you was. You drizzle like, it. Uh, yep. You drizzle it uh, on the cake and the ice cream. And ice cream. Yeah. And oh gosh. You are transported to another world. Yeah. <laughs> It was good. Like I, I absolutely liked it as much as like the two or three bites I took. It, <laughs> of I that think, cake. Yeah. I think with me and my husband, I think we were able to finish everything except like the edge of frosting. <laughs> After yeah. that, I'm like, okay, I think I need to stop. It was good, but I have to stop. Yeah, I know Jeff got like coffee. His test is coffee. Yeah, he he's a coffee drinker. Yeah. Uh, I don't think I don't think there was anything outstanding about the coffee itself. I, I distinctly I mean, remember it's... that he kind of felt bad of getting like the cream and sugar because the t- coffee already tasted good, but he <laughs> felt bad, so he put cream and sugar, like the tiniest bit, like the tiniest bit, <laughs> just yeah. so, just so he could <laughs> be seen using it. <laughs> yeah, because they brought it out, you know, separately for him or something. It was kind of like it was just like I'm just gonna use a little bit. I thought, yeah, I thought that yeah. was kind of, you know, because I know he he's a little more distinct in his coffees. He's a funny person like that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so, oh, go ahead. What should we score? Or how should we score? Well, I'm going to score this. I'm actually going to score this 19 because all the expectations... Are you scoring the food itself or just the whole entire experience as a whole? The whole entire ex- the food itself. I'm gonna s- actually no. I'm not, I want to take that back. I'm gonna score this an 18. I'd probably give the food an 18, and then the restaurant itself in terms of like the place, right? Mm-hmm. I'd probably give it a 17. Mainly because the parking was a little confusing. <laughs> okay. And. The it was a it's first comes first serve in terms of patio, right? Right. And the and it was just luckily they gave me the 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 patio table that I was actually looking at. I wanted, <laughs> right? But then I was looking at the back part of it, and the thing is, they said over overlooking the Mississippi River. I'm sorry, I could not even see the Mississippi River. <laughs> So it might have been visible from the from the patio on the other side. Well, I don't even think so. That's true because it was houses next to oh. the place. Yeah. So I was kind of like, I was a little disappointed that I couldn't see the river, or you know, mainly because mm-hmm. there's a ton of trees in the way. Yeah. You know, but I don't. Know, maybe you can see it during the winter time at the <laughs> inside. I'm not. I don't. Know. Well, I was about to say, I'm not going to do winter patio. 
<laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not either. So I'm gonna <laughs> give it. I'm gonna give it about a 17. The food was excellent. I would say give it an 18. The only thing that that would I would take it down a little bit. Um, the only thing I could take it down a little bit was that. Um. Actually, no. I shouldn't even take it down. I'll take it. I'll give it a 19. I'll just give it a 19. I can't think of anything <laughs> bad um, about the food. It was excellent. Although a steak Florentine that they were using was very high end, <laughs> in my in my opinion. But yeah. Okay. So 17, 19. Um, yeah. I think for me, um, I'm gonna give it a very solid 18 on everything. Um, I believe that's the score I had in mind when we left and I can't remember why but <laughs> I think I think when we left I think we all agreed on one score and I think 18 was was the magic number I think yeah I, I, I think the rest of us gave it an 18 so Edwin I think while we were there you probably totaled it all together at an 18 and just like so it sounds about Sounds about right. <laughs> yeah. one, uh, one other thing but about this place. You remember it very fondly. <laughs> yeah, I am. I, I'm, one other thing about this place that um, we didn't try the drinks or the or the alcoholic stuff, but um, I do know that most of the drinks at this place is about six or seven dollars um, for the for the bar drinks. Um, the other thing is that you can expect to pay like as little as like two dollars and ninety five cents for like double eggs. Versus twenty eight fifty for what I got, which is a steak Florentine. So that's about the price range for this place. Um, and there's free parking, side street parking, and I think also the parking that that we looked at too. That's supposed to be for retail only. He <laughs> is is free, so it's not that. I mean, it's. I think I would say this is like you know what. It's a pretty affordable place. It's a nice place to go with friends. Mm-hmm. basically what mm-hmm. it is yeah all right so we liked longfellows uh and what what's our next place that we're going to what is our next place what's the next next thing in our patio adventure so the next one is i believe it's called hideaway cabin bar Ooh. and it's actually it's we're going back to the saint anthony area because that's just a very awesome area it's right, really it's right <laughs> next to asters because we passed this by we passed it when we were at asters and it kind of it kind of looks like a bigger patio than asters actually yeah. it's it's so. a deck <laughs> i mean it's a big deck it's a big deck yes yeah so that's gonna be our next stop. next one so yeah can't wait for that um so we will uh we'll report back and um, see what it's all about. One other thing I wanted to note is that I'm starting to do some of these write-ups for for Restaurant Ventures. I did get some feedback in terms of, like, people want to know, like, like sort of know um, to go back to what we, uh, we were talking about a little bit more of a long-form way. So I did start doing some, some writing and write-ups that I will post in our website at legendcreators.com. Which we're right. reviving. We're re- we're kind of tweaking it a little bit because right now it kind of looks like doesn't look that good. <laughs> so <laughs> hey, right. I I did my best. 
No, you uh, did. You did a lot of work. So yeah, I did my best with what I had available at the time. Yeah. So and then don't forget to uh, don't forget to check out our uh, our um, our Instagram, Pam, for some yes, of the pictures so of these photos. Yes. So why don't we uh, put up uh, that end music? Yes. Um, yeah, where's the music? Hold Edwin. On. I'm everywhere today. <laughs> hold on. There it is. I'm everywhere today. <laughs> I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I guess that I guess that's uh, us queuing that we're uh, finishing up. Uh, thanks everybody for listening to the episode. Uh, yeah, let's 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 let everybody know where they can find us. Uh, Again, my name is... I just spaced there mid-sentence. Hey, Angela, where can, where can we, we find, find you? you? Oh, yeah, you can find me at Pleasant Doom on the Twitter sphere. Pam, where can they find you? And the, and the show's Instagram. And so uh, you could reach me, Pam, at on Twitter at PandaCatDragon1. Um, you could also reach out to me on the podcast Instagram account at PandaCatDragon. And you can find me at TCD's Edwin on the Twitter sphere, and you can also find me at DIY Edwin on Instagram, or you can also email us on the show at dungeondiners at gmail.com, or you can also drop us a comment on our website at legendcreators.com. And you could also drop us a line over at the Facebook page of Legend Creators. Yep. And I think that's it. Like, comment, subscribe. Like, comment, subscribe. <laughs> yeah, those, like, comment, subscribe. Those yes. those things help the algorithm. Oh, I do make have us findable. I do have one more thing. Apparently, people couldn't find us on Stitcher. Stitcher. Yeah, which is another podcast directory. I did manually put this podcast and our other podcast on Stitcher manually, so you should be able to find us there now. So. And if yes. you want a, and if you want a free sticker. Drop us a line and, yes. at, and we will gladly send you one. Yep. So that's it. Yeah. Thanks again, everybody, for listening to Dungeons, Dinings, and Doom!